It was a beautiful evening in the summer of 2011, and Marianne Molina looked herself over one more time in the mirror. It's not every day that she, her team, and her client were all together in New York as finalists for one of advertising's most prestigious awards. She took a breath, grabbed her clutch, and met her crew in the lobby. The sun was just going down as they made their way to the Cipriani, just across 42nd Street from Grand Central Station. A smiling doorman held open the large glass doors for them and said welcome to the FE Awards. The group took their seats among the top advertising people in the country and their clients. As the lights went down, they tried to calm their nerves. Finally, the program reached their category and Marianne held her breath In the world of advertising, the Effies are like the Oscars, and winning one carries just as much prestige in the eyes of clients. It proves to the world that your campaign has been effective, delivering real results for your client company. On that summer evening in 2011, Marianne Molina and her colleagues could be seen in the rooftop bar partying the night away because their client, Southwest Airlines, had won its first gold Effie. I'm Nathan Havey. And I'm Amanda Catherine Roman. And in the third episode of 10 Things You Should Know About Stakeholder Capitalism, Marianne will tell the story of the events that led to that rooftop bar celebration and the fateful leadership decision made two years prior that set them in motion. The incredible lesson we can all learn from this story is the third thing you should know about stakeholder capitalism. I'm Marianne Molina, president of GSDNM, an advertising agency in Austin, Texas, and was the director of the Southwest Airlines business. As a category, airline success is a bit of an industry joke. Simply staying in existence and not losing too much money has been hailed by some as an outright achievement. Even at a low threshold, this was easier said than done in 2008 Fuel prices had been escalating for two years, and the number of travelers flying had been falling. The majority of airlines looked to new fees as additional revenue streams. Nine major passenger airlines in the U.S. had collected losses of $19.5 billion in 2008. Anyone would be hard-pressed to turn away non-taxable revenue that consumers were grudgingly paying to other airlines. American Airlines was the first legacy carrier to charge passengers for the first bag at $15. The first six months of 2009 alone, U.S. Airlines collected $1.24 billion in baggage fees, up 267% from the year before. In the summer of 2009, Southwest Airlines had a difficult decision to make. It was estimated that Southwest would gain $450 to $550 million per year if they charged for the first and second checked bag like the other airlines were doing. So we have a reoccurring monthly marketing meeting with the CEO and the executive team of Southwest Airlines. We would get together and talk about everything from advertising, loyalty, what's going on with our competition. And obviously there was a huge change going on in the marketplace. It was really tough times. 
when you walk into an executive meeting in the boardroom at Southwest Airlines, it has a table the size of Texas. I mean, it is true what they say. Everything is bigger in Texas. So there's the agencies, the media agency, the CMO, head of marketing at Southwest, and then key executives from operations, finance. Imagine a big oval table. And Gary Kelly, the CEO, sits in the middle against the back wall. There was a group of business consultants, and their job was to share the information about how much money Southwest was leaving on the table. And the thing that's so interesting about these fees is they were non-taxable. So this was profit going directly to the bottom line. The business consultants are being like, People are paying it. You pull out your credit card. When you swipe the credit card, you pay once and then you forget about it. This is free money. Consumers don't care. You shouldn't care. Like, just do it. The CMO got up and gave a presentation. Southwest Airlines' purpose is to connect people to what's important to their lives through friendly, reliable, and low-cost air travel. There just was this bit of common sense, this common sense moment that just says, when you go on a trip, you need a bag. Why would we take advantage of our customers on something that they need? We are an airline built on the golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. This is what our customers count on us for. And this just seems like the exact opposite of that. And so there was this conversation where one side of the table is literally going, y'all are crazy not to do this. They might be your customers, but they swipe their credit card and they get over it. And then the marketing people saying, no, we really value our customers. We built a relationship with them. We have changed the way America flies. We cannot back down. Gary Kelly basically ended the meeting by just saying, you know, I just don't know why we would do that to our customers. If you think doing that to our customers to get a couple of dollars to the bottom line is a long-term play, you're completely missing the point. We're in this for the long haul, and we're in it to be the leader. We're a category of one because we do things differently, and we put people first. We will not be charging for bags this pride of being part of something bigger than yourself that just drives the culture of Southwest and their partners. Those decisions are not easy, but they're clear decisions when you know what your purpose is. And of course, the business consultants are going like, y'all are crazy. (laughs) You're leaving free money on the table. Gary just pauses and he looks over to the marketing side of the table And he says, okay, marketing, go make up that $450 million. You have to remember, the airline category is a tumultuous business. I mean, what's at risk is your company and everyone's jobs all the time. It was tough times out there. It was doom and gloom. Southwest Airlines chairman and CEO Gary Kelly last week strongly rejected Wall Street's advice that the low-cost carriers begin charging for checked bags to generate more revenue. 
during a conference call to discuss Southwest's third consecutive quarterly loss, multiple analysts pushed Kelly to follow other U.S. carriers and implement baggage fees. There is no way Southwest is going to pick up enough traffic to compensate for the amount of revenue that other airlines are gaining because of baggage fee, said Robert Herbst of AirlineFinancials.com. Flying used to be something you looked forward to. A new concept in air transportation. The travail has been taken out of travel. It was a treat. You got dressed up. Welcome aboard the spacious cabin, attractively decorated. There was lure around flying. This is the atmosphere on a jet clipper flight. Delicious food adds to the enjoyment. It's prepared in four simultaneously operating galleys. And then you cut to where we sat in 2008. You had to go through TSA. The lines were long. The experience was horrible. People were not happy. Then you charge them $120 for their bags. Everybody just tried to take their enormous bag on the plane. So you couldn't get on the plane. You couldn't get off the plane. It just became an ordeal. It didn't matter if it was a business traveler or it was a family. Everyone was frustrated. Everyone was feeling taken advantage of. As Gary Kelly always says, no one likes to feel nickel and dimed. When you get nickel and dimed, you're not building trust. And at the end of the day, what is connecting Southwest Airlines with their customers is trust. We had to prove out what we knew was true from decades of doing the right thing, putting the customer and the employees first. It's a good story, but you have to have the proof. We decided that in order to really bring life to this idea, we needed the entire ecosystem. From jet bridge posters, billboards, any communication would show the suitcase that just said zero dollars. And that simple icon we started putting everywhere. We had come up with this idea to use our planes and say, these bags in here fly free. And we had taken all the baggage carts and had let them send a message about bags fly free. We have all these baggage handlers who have pride in what they do and what their contribution is. We just came up with this idea of doing almost like a documentary style shoot where we went out and just started talking to rampers. We didn't have to write a script. This is real. The competition is taking advantage of our customers. How do you feel about it? You get something you could have never dreamt of. Truth is better than fiction. Do you know other airlines charge up to 20 bucks for the first bag? And 30 for the second. Round trip? That's almost $100. That's crazy talk. Well, how about if I just send my bags on vacation and I'll stay home? <laughs> There's so much energy around the basic fundamentals that exist in this company. So cut to eight months later, and we're going to a quarterly board meeting. One of the marketing executives brought in a bunch of the rampers to the meeting, and they shared the results. We literally doubled the money that the business consultants in Wall Street said we were idiots for walking away from. 
They told us to charge because nobody would care. You'd make $500 million. And we turned it into a billion dollars by doing the right thing. Despite taking its capacity down 5.1%, Southwest was the only airline that posted an increase in passenger traffic. Southwest Airlines picked up a 1% gain in market share, equaling well over $800 million in revenue. Almost double what was estimated they left on the table by not charging for bags. That growth in sales, Southwest believes, came from new customers fleeing bag fees. Southwest CEO Gary Kelly calls his rival's approach a gift. The reality is, Bags Fly Free is a product that decades later is still creating loyalty and building loyalty for Southwest Airlines. They were so happy that Southwest Airlines was coming to Hawaii because if you lived in Hawaii, you might fly to Honolulu to do your Costco shopping or whatever and then fly back. You used to have to pay. Now you can go buy whatever you want and take it inner island and you don't have to pay. You just look at it during this pandemic. We were able to move medical supplies Southwest Airlines has gone into 10 markets internationally. It brings tears to your eyes when you see people say, I'm bringing stuff from the United States back to my country. There's great stories about literally people checking the kitchen sink. This is a story that keeps giving back to us. The decision is never easy, but if you listen, it's clear. And if you're focused on what your purpose is, treat people the way you want to be treated, that common sense approach to valuing our customers and our employees, and you make decisions through that filter, it's very clear what decision needs to be made. Southwest Airlines has not worked with Jay Jacob and his rigorous metrics for social, human, and natural capital that we talked about in episode one. And they don't talk about creating value for all of their stakeholders like we talked about in episode two. For them, it sounds more like the golden rule. Just a common sense approach to being good to people, including their shareholders. No matter the language a company uses to describe it, there is something buried in the subtext of this story. And we want to put that front and center because it is the third thing you should know about stakeholder capitalism. The decision of whether to charge for bags is essentially a trade-off choice between stakeholders. If you charge for bags, shareholders win, while employees and customers lose. If you don't charge for bags, employees and customers win, but shareholders lose. It appears that you need to choose one stakeholder over another. Executive teams face these kinds of choices all the time. But here's the key. When you face a trade-off choice, the right answer is to reject the framing that led to the trade-off. Look again and find a way to create a win-win for all involved. The beauty of what Southwest did was not simply siding with their customers and employees over their shareholders, but rather finding a different way forward that was better for everyone. 
This is easier said than done, of course, but this practice can not only help you to create value for all stakeholders, it can also be the catalyst for innovation that can change your company, your industry, and even the world as we know it. Nathan, are you talking about the next episode now? Yep, sure am. But first, we need to do the credits. 10 Things You Should Know About Stakeholder Capitalism is a project of the Institute for Corporate Transformation. This episode was edited by Nathan Church and produced by Havy Pro Cinema and featured music from Onokan, Jennerdine, Analog Heart, and Mr. Moo. 10 Things You Should Know About Stakeholder Capitalism is written and directed by Nathan Havy. If you want to know more about how you can put this stakeholder alchemy to work in your company, we've got a great and free tool for you at stakeholdercapitalism.biz. Just go to the section for episode three. Okay, Amanda, what's the next episode? Well, in our next episode, we have a great story that Garrett Boone, the co-founder of the Container Store, said was, and I quote, the most important business story of the past 100 years. That's, that's all we're giving him? Yep, here's the tease. So Ray walked up with the slide tray in his hands and set it down on the podium. And he said, I'm not going to talk about my company and my financial results today. I'm going to talk about Mother Earth's in trouble. Our stock dropped. My biggest shareholder sold. I had a call from an analyst the next day thinking that Ray was terminally ill. And actually, when that happened, I knew Ray was not turning back. Do not miss episode four. I love this story so much, I spent the past two years making a movie about it. Subscribe to the 10 Things You Should Know About Stakeholder Capitalism wherever you get your podcasts, or get emails the minute a new episode drops by joining the mailing list at www.stakeholdercapitalism.biz. Stakeholder Capitalism.